3: Good evening, everybody from Central Jersey. I'll be joined in a moment by a couple of guys across. Well, one guy across the river and the other guy across the country. My name is Glenn Crooks. I'm a part of the English radio commentary team for New York City FC. Uh, this is our weekly Soccer in the City Live. Uh, one of the features now of uh, this program Is uh, We will have a trivia giveaway, and I promised to uh, put out the question a little bit earlier this week, and uh, we'll recognize the winners for the first three weeks that we've done this, but uh, four tickets to a future game uh, for uh, New York City FC, so pretty cool stuff. And then we uh, just go over as much as we can in the time allotted at New York City FC coming off the win against Chicago. Uh, and then setting a club record with their fifth consecutive clean sheet. We'll talk about that. Eber getting the game-winning goal. So is is Eber back? Did a great job uh, subbing in for the suspended Tati Castellanos. And Alexander Collins, uh, he's such a big part of that shutout streak, uh, as is Sean Johnson, Collins, we're going to spend some time on him. Sean Johnson, probably spent a little bit more time on the fact that he was uh, not selected for the June window for the U.S. men's national team when he's been at uh, most of the previous camps uh, recently. Uh, Shakiri, the highest-paid player at MLS. We, got, we have to talk about his performance a little bit. Some other MLS notes. Uh, U.S. Open Cup, New York City's uh, got a game this Wednesday in Queens at St. John's University against New England, and then uh, NYCFC 2 coming off of victory, and maybe uh, uh, a little discussion uh, about that as well. All right, time to welcome in one of one of my uh, soccer in the city partners. Where is he? There he is, Roberto Abramowitz. And he's the Spanish commentator on the radio side, uh, coming uh, a little bit later on. John Rojas. Normally, he's at the training pitch with his son, so I suspect there, there's some sort of training activity that is uh, delaying his appearance this week uh, on soccer in the city. So, Roberto, I guess the, uh, there, there's a lot of good things that occurred uh, over the weekend, uh, a record set, uh, a number of things we could talk about. But I think maybe uh, the first focus uh, is this guy. He uh, came into the stadium. That's uh, Eber entering City Field. And then uh, Eber saluting the crowd after his goal. And then um, this is the, uh, the banner, the uh, Brazilian Mafia. Tylus Magno is missing. There's five Brazilians on this team. And uh, Eber is their, uh, I would say, their spiritual leader. He's the, uh, he's the grandpa of the group. But uh, look, he had gone 456 days between goals before he scored in Toronto earlier this year. And then we were waiting for the next one. Got it in the U.S. Open Cup, but just his second regular season goal for MLS and, and for New York City FC. And it was from the penalty spot. But doesn't matter. He had to feel good about it.
4: Uh, I'm sure he did. I mean, the fact that Maxi Morales gave him the opportunity to take that because you figure Maxi's the leader on the field with Tati out and just in general. And uh, Maxi was holding the ball. And this is, Now we're starting to see this a lot more often in soccer, right? So Guy goes, holds the ball, and uh, takes all the abuse from uh, the other team, trying to psych them out. And then finally, when the dust settled, he hands it off to somebody else who's going to take the penalty, and they don't have to hear what the other team is saying and and getting into his head. And uh, he took that penalty very, very well. Gaga Solonina went to his right, uh, and then Ever went to his right, which, if you put them together... Sends them in opposite directions, so up the goal uh, is scored, and uh, New York City winds up winning one zero. Uh, these trends
3: that uh, occur in soccer really—they amuse me. Like the, uh, but you know, they're impactful too. I mean, you know, you pick up on something. The first thing I thought was the uh, the player that lays down behind the defensive wall to prevent. If the wall is leaping, you know, simultaneously to prevent somebody from uh, sticking in a goal underneath the wall, which had occurred, uh, I would love to know who did that first. And I don't think we know that. And I don't think we know who's the first. We know the U.S. men's national team did it. But who is the first team to do what Maxi Morales did? Pick up the ball, get everybody talking to him and, you know, gathering around him from the op- opposition. And then the referee intervenes and then you just boom give the ball to Eber, nobody's around, and uh, he doesn't have to deal with all that. I don't know who started Well, the first, it, but... well, the
4: first time that I saw that was with the U.S. national team. And uh, right. I think it was Ferreira who picked up the ball and uh, took all the abuse, and then he handed it off to Polisek, who scores. So um, if that's the right sequence, I mean, my mind might be failing me, but that's when I remember it first, and I hope no, that those of the guys that would do Actually, I think it was Luca de la Torre who picked it up. You know, L- Luca... One of the great things about Luca de la Torre, and there's been a couple of guys who have you know, demonstrated this on Twitter and they have little videos and they think, f- Luca de la Torre is like the perfect, perfect teammate. He's always there making sure that you're not doing anything dumb. That you're, you know, pulling him away from the referee, shielding players from other players so they don't get into altercations, don't get into arguments, don't get yellow cards. I mean, he's really, really good at this. I mean, this is something that really should be taught, but uh, I haven't ever seen it taught. And now, you know, since I've been made aware of it by, by, by videos, it's just great to see that this is a guy who is so in control of his emotions and so in control of what is going on on the field, can take care of these things. He's very, very aware and make sure that he protects his teammates. And what's really funny about all this, right, is the fact that, remember all the uh, talk about Latins being hotheads and, you know, which which turns out to be like quite racist in many ways every time they say this. I'm not saying well, you've I, ever What said do you mean this? remember no. all the
3: talk about Latins being hot? I I don't even know what you're oh talking about. Oh my god, it's
4: all the time. Ta- Every time somebody who's Latin lose, you know, does something dumb and loses their head, you know, that that gets talked about, right? And so here you have somebody who's Latin who's totally the contrary, who makes sure that nobody gets into problems and, and all that. And you know, it's good to see. So it, you know, well, it knocks down that theory that is out there.
3: Yeah. Well, we're going to get to the U S men's national team in, in a little bit and uh, going to talk about Sean Johnson's absence. Uh, but, uh, and, and we have, uh, two massive games, uh, globally. Well, English premier league, we're going to focus on because, uh, there's a Hudson river Derby implication with Leeds uh, surviving and, uh, avoiding relegation. And then Manchester city, the sister club, the New York city FC winning their fourth title in five years. But, uh, that gives us a, uh, the moment to uh, introduce. J- John, maybe stand up for a second. We can't really see it in the frame. Um, it's the other side. On. There you go. Yeah, that a boy. That a boy. But this one. Maybe you can see it better this way. There you go. Let me, get, the let me get a little let me get a little
5: higher. Nothing. Nothing for you to see. No, just kidding.
4: <laughs> well, me.
3: well, welcome, John. So here uh, – be, be, we're gonna we're gonna get to Leeds. We're gonna get to that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. And Man City, and we're gonna get to uh, the national team and Sean Johnson a little bit. But, but first, I want to get back to the clean sheets. Certainly, Sean is part of it, although he's only been credited with one save in the last three games, and they've all been shutouts. So it's really been a remarkable streak that way. But uh, this is the the graphic that was, uh, you know, got some great people that uh, designed these things, Milo Kowalski and Kylie Wyatt. And Mm -hmm. I I would imagine one or both of them contributed to this, the tweet for the New York city FC page. And, uh, but what's interesting to me is, is looking at uh, there's Tiago Martins on the left and it's Maxime Cheneau, Sean Johnson and Alexander Collins. Now Cheneau has only played 39 minutes total in those five matches where there's been clean sheets. Now look, he's been a big part of, so much uh, success for New York City FC, but because of injury and now the first choice center back next to Collins appears to be uh, Tiago Martins, guys. Yeah. And I was thinking on how
5: Ronnie Dialas will take this graphic. I mean, of course, he is proud of his boys. But he's the first one to say, Hey, we're missing nine guys on that graphic. If we gonna true. talk about I'll shut up, yeah, right? where's
3: where's Castellanos? <laughs>
5: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> where's Tati? Where's Kacha? Where's everybody, that's right? Caden uh, um, part table. Yeah. Who, everyone, every single one of them, because that's that's the thing in the theme for this team, which is everybody is involved on in the Everybody is involved in the movement to create spaces to attack. So at the same time, it's just how quick they are connecting the relationships of the game, you know? Yeah. My first movement is to defend if I don't have the ball, because as soon as I get the ball, this is what we're going to do to attack. So it's important for the team that everybody is involved in this, and the as much as we should applaud the backline, we should applaud Tati and even ever yesterday or the weekend.
3: Well, I do want to – the first clip I want to play, Roberto, and then we'll talk more about it, uh, is in regard to Alexander Collins. And then I want to go through some of the things. It's really been a remarkable rise on the international level, but when you listen to uh, Anton Tinnerholm, part of the commentary team, Mm -hmm. on Wednesday at DC United, uh, this is what he said. Or had to say uh, about college. He's
6: so good. He's like a different player now compared to when I arrived to the club. He's so uh, experienced and he you know when to go and when to stop, you know, and uh, how strong he is. It's like impossible to win a 1v1 uh, duel against him. I've tried in training, but uh, he's one of a kind and he's a beast in the gym as well. So hopefully they're gonna go to the World Cup now and he can. Show uh, show himself in on the big stage uh, because um, he's a he's a top top player and uh, yeah for for me the best player uh, uh, yeah except uh, Tati maybe last year but uh, he's uh, he's definitely having a, a bright future as well.
3: And doesn't his future get brighter if he does get into the World Cup and plays like he has been over the last year? What do you think? Oh yeah, you know, totally, totally. Yeah. And
5: that's they a,
4: have that's a, a double-edged sword. That what's that? An absolute double-edged sword.
3: Nah, you do what's best for the whatever's best for the No, I, I know. I,
4: I know that. What I'm trying to say is that obviously you want you want to see him succeed. You obviously want to see him. Roberto's Roberto on record. Selton,
3: Roberto's on record, hoping that Collins either doesn't get in or exactly. when he gets there plays poorly.
4: No, I'm not. I'm not. I hope he succeeds. I hope he does wonderfully. And I just still hope that New York City keeps him because it's great to have a player like that. But obviously, you want to see him do the best. Stop putting words in my mouth. You sound like a cheap journalist. That's actually
5: the whole plan around, right? The whole plan around these kind of players is we see something. We can help them. They're going to grow. They're going to be big. We're going to miss them because they're going to be on national duty, but At the same time, their value is going to increase. And if they're not leaving the team anymore, well, we have a really good piece that is, you know, real good support for our program. So
3: That's the plan from the beginning. And we've heard Ronnie say two or three times at least that, you know, when Collins used to go away, uh, I forget the the term he used, but he didn't play. And it was frustrating for Ronnie to lose one of his – top players and have him just sit or, and so I, I thought about that because Ronnie said it again, like last week. So uh, courtesy of transfer market. And I sent you guys this too. I just, just did a little homework and probably something I should have done a while ago when, when, you know, I, I couldn't believe some of the numbers here that Collins, when he first began with the uh, Peru national team in uh April of 2015. From that point on, through 42 matches, he didn't play. He was either for most of the time, 39 of them, he wasn't even in the squad. So this is he's in camp, but he's just not selected. And then three times he was on the bench and didn't play. Then he played 90 minutes in a match in 2019, a two-nil win at El Salvador, a friendly. Three days later, he played two minutes, just a cameo in a win over Costa Rica. Then it was 19 straight matches without an appearance. Nothing. Then he started and played against your home country, John Colombia, a 2-1 win, 90 minutes. That was in Copa America in June of 2021 and for the most part he hasn't come off the field since about 18 consecutive matches. So it's well, a really man, it's a really wild story for him. It is and believe it or not, United
5: States has a lot to B, on his international career history. It's a lot of, of the part of uh, Alex Callan's international career history. I mean, his first call-up for the national team, for the absolute national team, came out in 2013. Gareca wasn't the, the, the national team coach at that time. It was Sergio Marcarián. And he was a friendly against Mexico in California. Mm. And he didn't play, uh, okay? Uh, yeah. Then when Gareco was the national team coach, he called him for the first time uh, in 2015, uh, right? 2016, 20, 2016. And he called him for a friendly against United States. And he played against that. In that game, he played some minutes.
3: I and, remember, I remember. Was it, mm-hmm. Is that the game Keaton Parks played? What, who? Because I remember there was a photo of Collins and another New York City player, no? I, I don't recall. Roberto, uh, are you remembering any of this? I don't recall. No, I'm not. Okay. I don't I mean, recall it, does, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But
4: yeah. you, there's one thing that's really important here as, as well, and, and John can probably give us a lot more details. So that before that game that he did play, and they beat Colombia 2-1, to one, they had played already a couple of games in Copa America, and they got smoked they had not played well they weren't good which,
5: which Copa America Roberto the
4: the, 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 the last one the, the one where he started and once they took up once he started he didn't he hasn't been out since yeah and he then played once he the, the question game, the
5: question comes the question comes just because he was part of the team of the Copa America in 2019 Right. But he, did, he didn't play a minute in that Copa no. America.
4: Right. So, But the, the last Copa America, the team, mm-hmm. Peru, hadn't played well. Careca's job is basically on the line because they weren't playing well in, uh, in qualifying. They hadn't been playing well in the first two games of Copa America. He puts them in against Colombia. And ever since then, they changed totally defensively. And then they wound up making uh, basically the playoffs. In Copa América, and then they climbed up uh, the standings in uh, World Cup qualifying. So uh, that change and putting him there, and then Collins playing very, very well, changed the entire fortune of the national team of Peru. And now they're one game away from being in the World Cup.
5: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not in 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 agreement of saying that one player performance changed the history of a team, because many things can happen ride or run with the 11 players on the field and with the guys that come in, especially when it comes to uh, qualifiers and that kind of tournament. But I totally agree that that Copa America, the 2021 Copa America, was the one that solidified him as the piece in the center back of the Peruvian national team. Now, the thing is that Gareca went to ups and downs trying to build that back line. He has players injured. He has players uh, affected by COVID. He has players that couldn't come in because of the level drop. And Callens were there always trying to get that opportunity and trying to take that opportunity to the maximum and show that he could do it. At some point between those call-ups that he was on camp and then he never was collab up again, he had a little misunderstanding with the national team coach. And he went out publicly and said, well, he's, if he's not going to call me this time, he's probably he's never going to call me. It's okay for coaches to have their own ideas and their own ways to play. And maybe I don't fit on his way. So I don't even consider myself a player of the national team because he doesn't see me that way. And Gareca responded publicly. Like it's not always how players perform on the field. Sometimes I'm not going to tell any player what to say, but sometimes you got to be careful with what, to, what you say in public. So that kind of thing went sure. on and on. But Again, going back to that Copa America, he solidified his spot and by numbers, during this uh, World Cup qualifiers in 14 games in 14 games of of the qualifier, the Commonwealth qualifiers, Peru used seven different tandems at center back. Wow. So that's why sometimes, you know, he weren't there. But every time he was Call his name was Call to Action. He was solid. And today's, uh, you can read any kind of analysis in Peru, and they always are going to say Alexander Calles and who else at the back line. <laughs>
3: yeah. I, and it's, and his last game, uh, was the World Cup uh, qualifier that got them in, right? The, um, over Paraguay. Yeah and now I mean uh, he was he
5: was a they starter. needed to win that
3: to get into the playoff and and I want to get to that too because yeah he played against Messi he played against um right. Neymar and
5: he was on the center back and he played really well against those guys and, and you know all the the
3: stress How about that those qualifiers
4: oh my goodness
3: yeah, yeah. yeah. of course what well, so... he wasn't
4: overmatched by any any stretch of the imagination
3: so they're scheduled to play June thirteenth in cutter Against the winner of Australia, United Arab Emirates. And they've got a friendly with New Zealand uh, June 5th before that. But what do either one of you have anything beyond this Sports Illustrated story that uh, the Chilean Federation is accusing Ecuador, who finished fourth ahead of Peru in the South American rankings in qualification, that ecuador used an ineligible player who actually wasn't even doesn't have ecuadorian blood is the claim i think something to that effect and uh so i don't know where that is is it in the courts Uh, is is there anything going on there yes
5: uh i don't know i don't know if robert has something to say about it because i have a lot but if you have go, something- go for it because well, John, this point, you
4: I don't because I haven't heard anything since the initial accusation and I have no idea where that has gone since
3: John before you before you get into it let's just set up the scenario if yeah. if indeed Ecuador is knocked out because they used an ineligible player that would put Peru in the fourth position and they would no longer have to play in the playoff and then Ch- Chile would be the fifth Chile. Chile.
4: Chile What is this Chile thing?
3: Okay, Chile, Chile. No, let's let's no, just help Chile, him, Roberto. It. Let's just help him, not push him down. Thank you. That's not, right. Because, no, because William. I want you to know. Every now and then, people accuse me, baby, <laughs> being a little too negative. This is the tea I'm drinking tonight, and it ain't you know, helping. We, we, you know, John, on our teams, we used to call people that came in and were negative, negative zappers. You don't want negative zappers. You know, you want you want positive energy all right yeah So listen
5: it happens in all ages and ways of life the other day i had to talk to a kid and tell him like hey are you perfect (laughs) right no i'm not okay so stop correcting
3: your teammates just go ahead and help them all right before john you're we're gonna get into the situation uh to the depth that you know but first here is the trivia question and you, you guys are gonna like this one um Where is it there? There it is. Who scored the first game-winning goal for New York City FC in the Hudson River Derby? So I've got my Twitter up. The first to respond. I'm Stop it. You can't answer it, John. No, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. And uh, the the first to answer either on uh, the – what are we on here? YouTube, uh, Facebook, or my Twitter, at Glenn Crooks. Uh, I'll be monitoring all three, and the first one to answer – uh, that correctly, will uh, will win four tickets to a future match. Pretty cool, man. Pretty cool. All right, John, you're on. Chile accusing Ecuador. They want to be fifth. Peru could go to fourth. What's the situation? Well, this is pretty wild, and I don't think um,
5: reading from sources and reading um, law analysis, sports law analysis, and talking to people, I don't think this is going to go anywhere. Um, The first thing that we had to keep in mind uh, walking backwards is June 5th is a real good, important date because FIFA just at the end of the week um, sent a notification to the Ecuadorian national team that that is the last day that they expect Ecuador to present all the proof and everything that they had to show in regards of these accus- accusation. Ecuador asked for a little bit longer period of time to prepare after Chile presented the accusation. That's one thing. So June 5th is a key date for this. Okay. Um, now, experts indicate that this is not something that really will progress in FIFA because um, what Chile is um, claiming is... Um, that the papers that su- from which By- uh, Byron, Byron uh, Castillo supports his nationality as Ecuadorian are not real, are not legal, they're rigged. And FIFA has not any kind of jurisdiction over countries right, and, and local authorities to say this paper is right or wrong or is not legit. Right, that's one of the that, that's one of the points that the legal experts point at on this accusation. Second, this is not a new case. I mean, um, Brian Castillo is Biden. Biden Castillo has been with this problem with this process for a long time. Okay, so when he was playing for the national team under seventeen, I think. Uruguay claimed that his paper wasn't correct and that he was overage
3: right so there's two there's two things going on here John one so that one that one there's an overage issue or the the date on his birth certificate is inaccurate right or but the one real. the
5: one that Ecuador right the one that Uruguay claimed yeah right saying that he was overage at that time was close against the claim. Saying what I just told you. FIFA has no jurisdiction to determine if the paper is legal or not, and to determine if the Ecuadorian Federation knew that the paper was legal or not, so we cannot intervene. Okay, so doesn't so the that...
4: up... mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I thought you were done. Sorry.
5: Continue. No, 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 it's a lot to say here because uh, that I... thing was that thing was done, right? Now we come into the qualifiers, which the age doesn't matter anymore. What they're saying is the sure. guy is Colombian, the guy is not Ecuadorian, and those papers are not legal. Well, again, already in Ecuador, he has this issue, and a, uh, a judge in Ecuador give the green line to the teams so they could uh, uh, enroll him officially in the federation as Ecuadorian. So a court of law in Ecuador already said he is Ecuadorian. FIFA is not going to go against any court of law in, in, you know, in any right. country because they yeah. don't have jurisdiction out of that.
4: Right? Well, so here's a simple question that I have, Close. John. Ho, ho, okay, go ahead. Okay. So here's a simple question. When they present the birth certificate, right, or mm-hmm. the legal paper yeah. that he's changed the nationality, yeah. It's either yeah. legal or it's not legal. The government. No, no, there. no. He did
5: not change nationality. Okay. By the, so that's what i That's, it, the, it, big, that's the main point because, no, it's important. Oh, does bro, he have a birth it's, certificate? it's good. Hold is on, hold it? on. Hold on because it's very important to clarify that. We're not talking about a player that has been uh, um, uh, naturalized. Okay. Right? This is a player that, by all accounts, his paper and the papers at the Federation was born in the country.
4: Okay, so here comes my question then. Okay, now that you've cleared that up, that's important, then it's good. So here's my question. My question is, shouldn't the government be able to say if this is a legal birth certificate or not?
1: Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com slash odyssey podcast. All lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odyssey podcast.
4: I'm telling it's a, you, yes, this is valid. This is and then that's I'm it. I'm telling you, I'm Good.
5: telling you, January 28, twenty twenty-one. A judge in Wajakil declare that he could be registered as an Ecuadorian for
3: all the facts. So John, where can you can you wrap this in a way where you've just you've you've suggested that it getting overturned is highly unlikely. So mm-hmm. and you mentioned that June fifth is a key fifth. date. So yes. will we know will we know that will be the date that will be the, the deciding factor? I mean you know and what's interesting there is after, after
5: that Peru, after that
3: Peru's mm-hmm. out there playing a friendly which they're going they would want to play anyway but so it doesn't really matter I guess put it put it all put it all together Glenn
5: Ecuador is going to respond to FIFA on June 5th FIFA has up to 30 days to to uh give out his verdict Ecuador has the chance to um to uh impugn the the verdict to um Tell me, Robert, with 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 the word appeal, um, appeal to appeal. Oh, correct. Okay. So so he has twenty days to appeal. We, so you, this take us very well
0: far beyond,
5: beyond. Yeah, the World Cup's already appeal. started. <laughs> you know, so yeah, n- right. Maybe not that, but way past right. the, the all the, these um, other dates. June right. The, the Peru's game, for example. Yeah, the, so.
3: June thirteenth is the date.
5: All right. Exactly. So, so that's that, that. And again, this is not new. This has been, listen, there's a uh, there's a team in Ecuador who decided, MLEC in, in 2015, not to hire this guy because of the, you know, many um, uh, theories and, and elements on his papers. And at the end of the day, like I said, a court decided that he will be Ecuadorian for all effects. Mm-hmm. And the National Federation didn't call him up until they were sure that this core will talk and they will call him as Ecuadorian. He didn't play every single game. He played a couple of games. And, and the last thing that I want to say here is, uh, and this is on us, this is in South America. I mean, we don't take care of the people. We don't care about people. And especially when it comes to, you know, players and and top athletes, we think most of the people out there think that they are machines. They're not people. They don't think, they don't feel, they don't, you know, they just... Since they make more money than I, then he should go out there and perform whatever it is, period. Well, this weekend, that guy was playing. He committed a foul. It was a PK in the first half of the game. And all this pressure mounting on him, all the abuse that he's taking on social media got to him. And he went to the coach at half, uh, before halftime and asked him, listen, take me out. I can't take it anymore. He was crying. Take me out of the game. I can't take it anymore. He was wow. substituted. Wow. He's not traveling with the team this week for an international game. Wow. And yeah. the team decided that he will stay home and work with the team psychologist to get him on a better place.
3: Well, this is where, uh, well, that's societal, right? And you're saying South America. Exactly. It could be England, these pitch invasions that, that got out of hand. And, you know, just uh, th- there's a lot of, um, uh, it's not inadequate security. It's inadequate I don't know something as far as uh, education, the, the, the mental health. Start. What did I? of uh, yeah? Education is is a huge part of it. So we have a winner. Uh, there you see Ooh. the uh, the the question, what? and we do. We've got a winner. That was quick. Yeah, it was quick, and it's NYCFCist who uh, follows both of us, and and here's the answer: Jack Harrison scored the first the uh, game first goal, uh, first game winning goal for NYCFC in the. Hudson River Derby after Jack David Harrison. Yeah, well, that's fine. <laughs> and uh, there were look at thirty-three thousand at Yankee Stadium for that one. Uh, Via had the second goal, and uh, there you go. Harrison also just he sold as a, the shield. At, just as a little uh, addition, uh, he scored two goals in this series. The other one was in June two thousand seventeen. That was also a game winner, two 0 at Red Bull Arena, so uh, right, and I, I compared that game
5: with one Ariel Ortega score for River Plate back in the day. I put
3: a video together of the two goals.
4: Wow! That's very when cool. when
3: Jack scored that goal, I, I completely missed it. Chris, and by the uh, way, um, is that
4: that that I think is the only New York City win ever at Red Bull Arena against the Red Bulls, isn't it? I believe New York City has only won there once.
3: I don't know. We're gonna have to. Uh, we all have our computers open, so somebody can Google it. Yeah, no, yeah no, uh, I think
5: I think they had two already.
3: Chris on YouTube <laughs> and Handy uh, Ramirez on YouTube both uh, had Jack Harrison, but NYCFCist, he uh, he was he or she? I'm not sure. They 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 follow you, and you don't really know their names. And uh, let me get. Uh, so this is where, uh, if you just email me, um, I'll be able to set you up for getting those uh, four tickets to a future game. We'll figure out the game. And the tickets will be uh, no more paper tickets. Everything is uh, electronic. Yeah. done uh, over the electronic, yes, and the uh, Q codes or whatever else there is. Well, we're on Jack Harrison, uh, maybe before we get to Sean Johnson. So Harrison and Jesse Marsh, we're talking about the Hudson River Derby. And there's a lot of irony here to me because, uh, and th- I look this up too, Jack Harrison is 3-1-1 one, and one against Jesse Marsh in the Hudson River Derby, in MLS regular season games, okay? So that's, uh, that's one thing. But here they are. Th- th- that was a pretty fierce rivalry. There was not a lot of love in that rivalry, but now they're, uh, well, Harrison's the player and Marsh is the coach. And uh, let's do this first. This is fun to watch. And this was produced by the uh, Leeds United uh, Football Club, and uh, they put it up on Twitter. All right. So that was the game winning goal. Leeds uh, on the road uh, beat Brentford 2 1. And the other game involved in this promotion, uh, this relegation uh, issue was uh, Burnley, and they lost to Newcastle 2 1. So that was so what, what a moment for a guy that went to high school in the States, prep school, played a season at Wake Forest, goes to NYC for a couple of seasons, and then gets. Signed by Manchester City, loaned out to Leeds for a lot of games, and then he signs a permanent deal with Leeds. And season and a half he was loaned. Season, yeah, a lot Before of he, The transfer was complete. Complete. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of games. And... Hey, the first out, the
5: first, shortout, the first shortout in this Jack Harrison story should go to Mom Devi. Period. Yes. Period. She was the one who convinced him as a boy to, you know what, drop this academy, go try it, right? Try, see America, go there, see if you could feel the possibility to get a degree, to study college, to go to college, and keep playing football, right? It may help you more than keep pushing and pushing on a huge academy like the Manchester United Academy where – you have the pictures right here. She showed him the pictures, right? Yep. 25, 30 guys, right. You know how many have going through that door? Probably three, 400. So let's try something different. So that uh, that's why I think she is the one, the first one to receive the shout out and the applause in this story. Now Jack
3: has done a lot of work to earn what he has already. Of course. But what a statement that there's there's more than one path, you know, to, to get to this level, you know, and... It's a bit rare, but you you still, you know, and I want to tell a story about another guy. I I don't know if you want to say more about Jack Roberto, but uh, there's another guy. I
4: mean, how many people really would have advised, you know, Jack, especially being in soccer? Hey, leave the Manchester United Academy and go play college soccer in the United States. That's your path to the Premier League. I don't think there's going to be many people who would have done that at all. If anything, a lot of people probably would have laughed at him. But Debbie had the right, uh, had the absolute right idea. And she came here with him. And she has been like just an absolute massive influence in everything that he's done, not only on the field, but off it as well. And uh, I mean, he loved his time here and uh, it, it paid off in spades. You know, he went from here to the championship and for the championship, he helped the team get to. The EPL, and then this year he helped save them from dropping down to um, dropping down to the championship again. And you know he'll be a hero for that goal. For, I mean, forever. They'll remember him forever, well, he's, even he's though that stumped. wasn't the goal that you know saved them per se. Because even if they hadn't scored it, you know they were going through anyway. But you don't also, know. You don't right, know. Right, but the, what I'm, that's what I'm time, getting, yeah. At. For and sure. that's what I'm getting to is, uh, I mean, if he doesn't score it, you never know if they get scored against. And then all of a sudden the other game gets turned around. And, and, and so that's an absolute massive, massive goal because that guaranteed it for them.
5: Now, the game was super crazy. Uh, the first thing is Jag is already stamped on Leeds United history, period. He was part of the team that came back from the championship to the Premier League. And that's huge. And now he's not only part, but he was on the score on this game to stay in Premier League. So that alone makes him part of history in, in Leeds United. Now, the game was really crazy, really crazy. Um, only one goal of Brentford at that point will send Leeds to championship because if they tied both guys, both games tie, yeah. Brentford will stay right. because of goal difference. And that's why the huge mental uh, toughness, uh, as as Jesse claimed after the game, the the uh, the fortitude and, and the character of the team was so important. Uh, Burnley, uh, Burn no Brentford, Brentford. They were playing. They were playing Brentford, and before they Burnley tied Newcastle. The game, hold on, Brentford. yes, Burnley Newcastle. Before they tied the game. There is a play in, in which uh, Brentford has a player injured. Okay. Here, here comes the goal. Burn, uh, Brentford tied the game. They're 1 1. Uh, the guy who, who scored the goal for uh, Brentford celebrates taking his chair off. Jesse Marsh is screaming at the guys. They have 10, they have 10 because of the injury. And Brentford already. uh, had the three substitutions done. So with this guy injured, they couldn't replace him and they will play the rest of the game with 10 guys. Now the games restart after the goal game is tied 1-1 and the same guy who scored the goal go on a high tackle, second yellow, he sent off. So now Brentford is playing with nine guys the rest of the the road. It's it's not much. It was like 10 minutes 12 minutes around that.
3: But Orlando City matched uh, that this week. Kind of. Yeah, that? exactly.
5: Yeah, yeah. Without the... Against like you know, Exactly. But the thing is... Same result. These were playing, of course, they were trying to keep the game on their hands, try to decide the history themselves, no waiting for Burnley not to get score. But they were at the same time thinking, okay, we, we cannot go crazy because they have nine and then we get a score and then that's done. That's on us. Imagine we're losing with nine guys, right? No. So there's this point in the game in which it's only two minutes. And the games are not exactly because of the the extra time added. They're not exactly. One is four minutes. The other one is two minutes. So you can see that the guys are. Which feeling, is rich. As which, soon one, as, which one so, finished first? Uh, the Burnley game should finish first. And you can see that Leeds United players are thinking, okay we are going slowly we gotta go two three extra minutes to deal with this and that goal came in that exactly moment and that's why it's so important because they were playing with their heads outside of the yeah they were playing the game of course but at the same time you know the other game is going on and one goal there're off not even not even us scoring is gonna help us that much
7: right. so
3: that's why this goal is so important <laughs> got it so you, you talked about Jesse Marsh. So for me, uh, longtime coach in America, I mean, I, I, you know, I certainly uh, pound the drums for American coaches having success because of the, the amount of abuse Americans get overseas. Uh, and you mentioned his comments post game, but here, here's post game locker room, and this is from okay. Leeds United social media. So,
6: so I told you guys before the game that you're the best group that I've ever worked with. The <laughs> commitment you have to each other. Right? And then we showed the video of these last minute goals. And a group that shows belief, that never says quit, that runs for each other, that fights for each other, that does everything we can. And that, guys, that is what got us here. Right? It's the character of you guys. Right? I don't stand in front of the fans and hear my name chanted. It's me, it's us. It will always be us, and we staying in the Premier League, gents. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Yeah!
3: All right.
5: That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And, I, and I'm going to close with a little story. It's a little personal, but, uh, but I like it. So I was watching the game, and, of course, I was rooting for Leeds because, you know, Marcelo and now Jesse and, and Jack, and I'm being there. So it's, it's, a, it's a team that I feel connected with. And the way that the team connects with the community is awesome. So I was, you know, pushing for them to stay on Premier League. I'm watching the game. And I'm saying, like, the game has to come. The, the goal has to come. The goal has to come. And then it's Jack and I scream, right? Game goes on. Yesterday afternoon, my wife was playing with the kids at the backyard. And my neighbor, backyard to backyard, came to say, oh, this is yours? Because the kids throw their, um, one of the toys, you know, by accident to his backyard. And then he asked her, like, by the way, is someone following Leeds at your house? And my wife, my <laughs> wife was like, mm, "Why? Well, we heard someone screaming this morning, and I was exactly at the point that Leeds is called. We are Leeds. We are Leeds fans.
3: Ah, <laughs> you didn't even know it. You didn't even know it. I bet. I
5: don't, I don't know the guy.
3: Oh, okay.
5: It was, I wasn't there. It was yeah. my wife talking to the guy? I didn't meet the guy yet, but he's a Leeds fan and he leads backyard to backyard with me. <laughs>
3: unbelievable well unbelievable. look at so after all so this is um, this is something I tweeted out this morning and um I, th- I think I got it off the soccer America article but this is the one that really like okay because I don't think there was a hundred percent certainty I mean you wouldn't expect him to get sacked after that whole experience but nonetheless there it is that's beyond a vote of confidence see you in preseason Jesse Exactly. Well,
5: but I think promises were made. You know, if they will stay, he will stay. That was that was that was the main thing. And now it's gonna have a lot of MLS flavor around Leeds United. You know, <laughs> so we got Jesse. We got, of course, Jack. Um, uh Aronson most likely is gonna get there. So Philadelphia Union, Philadelphia Union is gonna you know get some money out of that. Yeah. Still. There's still rumors about Tyler Adams
4: and even Tati. So And Tati, yeah. So all those guys have been talked about. So I believe that if they sell them, if they sell Brendan Aronson to to Leeds, uh, I believe that they get – there was something that in the Philadelphia Inquirer. I, I believe it was another $9 million. I'll have to look it up. Uh, Jonathan Tannewald tweeted it, so I, I, I got to figure it
3: put the 30 million dollars on the deal that's that's quite a price tag yeah yeah and then philadelphia gets the percentage and you're saying it's nine nine million
4: i i think it was uh, l- l- let me just stop you guys talking the beauty the beauty of <laughs> on,
3: the beauty of sell-on fees you know hey so oh, here's absolutely. the other here's the other uh related to jack harrison and go a different path this is not directly related but this guy Tyler Pasher scored for the Houston Dynamo and mm-hmm. i i didn't i didn't really i don't know who he is i i'll just oh. say that up top and i but i saw the goal this morning i was just going through highlights of and Tyler Wilmer Cabrera give that yep. to Wilmer Cabrera well let me uh, read his history and then look first of all he's 28 years old 28 mm-hmm. and he made his international debut at 28 for canada he's an o- ontario guy Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a right wing with a dominant left peg uh newcastle academy so he was at in at newcastle for many years pittsburgh riverhounds Swope park rangers indy 11 over 140 appearances in the usl and at the age of 28 he's he's finally made it into the top tier of the us and has earned a cap with canada two caps so I just uh, – I thought it was – when I saw his age, I was like, all right, I like Wilmer, this. Story. Wilmer was the guy who brought
5: him in to the Dynamo first team. He played a couple of games
3: under Wilmer Carrera. What, was that years ago? Obviously. Two, two years. Oh, okay. I didn't see any appearances by him. Right, like before, right, right
5: before Todd Ramos.
3: Yeah, by Okay. Got it. I, I had him at Indy Eleven during the time you're saying he had cap. Uh, he got uh, appearances for Houston. Yeah, I remember that at that what? time they went
5: back and forth, back and forth between USL okay.
3: and the all affiliate. Right. Well, regardless, i right, We'll give Wilma Cabrera the the credit. I'm saying the guy's 28 <laughs> and he's I know. he's now a a, a, a fairly full time player for the Dynamo that that uh, won a pretty cool road game uh, over yeah. the Galaxy three 0 My goodness, right? Mm-hmm.
4: Yes, you know? the Galaxy in trouble. They're just not playing well. All right, it before is, we yes,
3: but now so before we get to Sean Johnson, because I we, I know we're going to get there, but I have to talk about Shakiri, the eight million dollar man. Who I have heard is not a particularly great leader, you know, doesn't do much in that area, and I was so disappointed. It was my first time watching him in person, and I was just so disappointed in so much of his game, mostly because he's in MLS and look, and I had a great conversation with a guy named Tim Hankinson, who's a longtime coach, who's a suffering from uh, cancer that uh, there's no cure for. He was on my show, uh, the coaching Academy. And we were talking about Valderrama, John, you know, one of your boys. That's and, I said, yeah, I remember my nickname for Valderrama was the o- Oscillator because he just sat in the middle of the field and just kind of went like this but he was so good and he told the story about he was coach of the Colorado Rapids was Tim Hankinson and Robin Frazier Pablo Mastro Moleni, and a number of other guys that the names would be familiar came into his office, Valderrama was on the team and they said, we can't play with this guy you, you, gotta, you gotta get him out of here because he didn't do anything off the ball <laughs> You know, it was just get me the ball, and then I'll I'll do my magic. Well, he had 20 assists that year, and I remember that came up when Maxi got his 20 for New York City a couple of years ago. Like that was a you know that was a high water mark uh, in MLS. But mm-hmm. Shaqiri is not Valderrama, and his his off the ball was just it was uh, startling. I, I just thought he I, I just thought he would do more and didn't defend for a second. Not, a, not, he, I, I think he made one recovery and may have won the tackle or committed a foul, but that's all I remember. So I don't think I'm being too harsh, but man, I know he scored seven of the last nine goals, or not scored, but has been a part of seven of the last nine goals that Chicago scored three goals, four assists. I understand that. He's got quality, you know, he's got some qualities, but man, oh man.
6: Ugh.
4: I- so he had two shots in 90 minutes uh 22 out of 29 accurate passes 76 percent created two chances including one big one uh missed his only shot um let's see anything interesting took four corners
3: his shot was a free kick from 35 yards out that he put and it went
4: about 50 10
3: feet over the bar
4: (laughs) yes uh he took four corners he was dispossessed three times he was offside once he had two recoveries he had two Okay. (laughs) <laughs> i am so just you saying but you know it's yeah I, you know the thing is with him for what they were saying right for people to watch him every day they're saying that he's playing out of position that he shouldn't be in the middle that he's supposed to be on the wing and that you know he's doing that that's what you know he's doing so playing well or not that that's you know part of the reason whatever you want to feel again he's involved in 7 of the last 9 goals that they, that they scored but you know they didn't do much against New York City. Then again, not many teams do. They had one shot that uh, that Sean Johnson had to save, and that was directly at him. And uh, that is the only shot that Sean Johnson has faced on goal for the past three games. So you know, oh, the, is the, he going to be better or not, depending on who they have around him? But I mean, it wasn't a great it wasn't a great exhibition. There was never a point that when he had the ball, that you became apprehensive in New York City, right, that he wasn't, you you never got the sense that he was about to do something special, and that New York City better, you know, that New York City was in trouble, you just never got that, that sense, so I'm agreeing with you uh, there, so and look at Chicago. Just in general terms, just is, is not a good team. Are they going to get better? Can they find different players that's going to that's going to help them? Uh, you know, Torres just got there and he just played his third game. And uh, Jairo Torres, and you know, he barely made you know a dent in the game as, as a substitute. Maybe as more time comes on, he can become he can become a key player. And then you know that makes everybody else around him better. But uh, so far, at least what we saw, there wasn't much.
5: What's up, Gillian? <laughs> I don't know what's going on with Glenn, but listen. We've lost um, Glenn? I don't know.
4: But, he was our um, host.
3: I, I, inter- I remember inter- that. Inter- so I went to... <laughs> yeah, it's tough engineering and, uh, and,
4: yeah, I know. and talking at the same it's time. It's not easy. Well, it's not easy. The point, chewing but, gum is difficult. Yeah. We understand.
5: But,
6: but here... I'll ro- go gotta- for a
3: raise so you can have a producer. Thank you. Uh, so the one thing we we do need to point out with this guy is that he's won 17 major trophies. He's played for, what, Bayern, Inter, Liverpool. I mean, he can't – you know, he's obviously got some pedigree there. I just – oh, gosh, I just hope he's not – he's only 30 years old.
4: Yeah, he's only 30. He should be making his mark. It's not like he's 35 here.
5: It's a a conundrum. It's a conundrum that Chicago Fire has, and not only with him, but because – Robert was saying maybe they gave more players. So I don't think so. I mean, the players that they wanted, they have them already. They're in. They're there. Yeah. Yes, Jairo Torres just got there. But they had Chivilco, they had Torres, they have Shakiri, they have John Espinosa, uh, which is a defender. They have John. Another John. There are three Johns, and they're all
4: Colombians, by the way. <laughs> yes, they all spelled it J H O N. H
5: O N. Correct. Yeah. Well. Um, the, the center well, forward, who is a young, 18-years-old Colombian guy. Uh, so they had the pieces that they wanted. they tried
4: to,
3: John Duran, correct. Sorry. Um, well, and it's, it is early. And Ezra Henriksen has got to be given more time to uh, develop in whatever manner he uh, that, wants. But yeah, there was no, John, you couldn't, and I'll watch it again, but we couldn't, Matty Lawrence and I, we couldn't figure out what they were trying to do. But that, that's the that's a big thing that's a big issue when you
5: have these kind of players right that had so much pedigree and that they are not working on one side of the ball and if you want that to happen because it may it may be the the, the, the situation right the, the coach wants that player fresh for the attack for the contrast for the so the problem there is how do you convince the rest of the guys around to run and do the work that he's not, you know, making happen that he's not doing because you need him fresh. If you can convince those guys and you see them on other teams before and, and right, yeah, people that understand uh, he's not going to run, I'm going to run. But every time he yeah, has no, the ball, no. well, that's the every time Rama. he has the ball, we're going to be in a position to score.
3: Yeah, that's so, the Valderrama thing. It's like is exactly. the, the Valderrama yeah. story was very interesting for this reason. Uh, what what uh, Tim Hankinson was uh, telling me about what Valderrama said to him was when he was with Colombia, Valderrama, they had two strikers. This is back when uh, it was a two front. Now it's all single strikers almost almost exclusively. Yeah, it was it was a four, four two. So it was That's a two front the they play. It was the two front. He was underneath, but listen, two front, he was underneath. He told Tim, Me and the two strikers, none of it, we never defended. So what we did is we stayed high up the field and now we're challenging the other team. Well, what do you want to do? Because normally the way you want to defend is plus one. So in no situation, if they're leaving three high, you normally, you normally want to leave four back uh, to, to work with that. So, that's the way they operate it. And it's pretty interesting. And then I told him the story of a, a colleague of mine who, on attacking corner kicks, get this on attacking corner kicks, excuse me, defending corner kicks. Defending. So he's defending yeah. He's defending a corner kick. He leaves three guys. three guys, sometimes even four, up at the halfway line. <laughs> yeah.
6: You Just leave man, you got
5: the, up. The, the two got. fastest guys wide yeah. open.
6: So, and what are you best
3: mean? and your best passer right in the middle? So it's like, uh, you're really putting the challenge in like, all right, how are you going to do this as your partner? So I kind of like it. It's uh, but anyway, that's, that's part of what he was brought up with. And so he wasn't going to come in and start running around and Neither is Shakiri.
4: Come on. Well, that was a chess match back then. So I'm looking over at the fire schedule, right? And so they started off the season pretty decently. They tied their first two games against Inter-Miami and, and Orlando and then they went out and they beat D.C. United and they beat Sporting Kansas City and they're unbeaten in four. And they haven't won since. Right. So their last win was March nineteenth. Since then, they had uh, three they or four shutouts in a
5: row, right? From What's that? Three or four shutouts in a row at the beginning of the season. No, and they I think... lost
4: their first two. No, they lost their first two by shutout. Then they scored. Uh, then they scored twice. Ivanov and Bornstein. And they won two to one. Then they won 3-1, to one, and then they got shut out uh, in a 0-0 tie with Dallas.
3: No, but those they, Roberto, uh, Roberto, Orlando. excuse yeah, me, Roberto, just, excuse me. The first three games of the year were shutouts for Chicago. Yeah, the first two games were draws, but they were nil-nil. Mm-hmm.
4: They were shut out the first two games. They scored they, the next two games. They didn't score in the next four.
3: I'm, I, I, but they recorded shutouts, and that's leading us into uh, Gaga Slonina.
4: Oh, oh, they recorded. So I thought you said that they didn't score. I apologize. Yes. No,
3: no, that's okay. But I mean, the the point the point here is is that at the beginning of the year they were really secure, and because he wasn't getting that much action either. And this is uh, we're going to hear from Tony Miola in a moment. Who, but I think Glenn, that's the great that goal. They they for- two games, they allowed
4: two goals in the first six games.
3: Exactly.
5: But I think that's the phase right now that Chicago Fire is, is going through and is taking decisions about. They started trying to be so compact and not losing games because they were coming from a really ugly season. They don't want fans to start seeing the team losing and you know not having any kind of confidence on the new process. So the main idea is we're not conceding. Whatever happens, we're not conceding, period. I mean, 0-0 is fine for us. And they started with that. Now, coming more and more games, they decided, okay, now we're going to start playing more. And now we're going to start hurting people, hurting teams. And now they find themselves in that phase in which that transition between so compact and so focused on defending, losing data and trying to um, attack more is becoming an issue defending. Because there have spaces all over the place that teams are taking care of and they're
3: losing. So and they're also, having
5: not consistency on that side.
3: And their goalkeeper hasn't helped them out. So Slonina, yes. the previous two games, he had a, a, a very difficult moment against FC Cincinnati late. and then against the Red Bulls, i I have I can't list too many greater howlers in goal than the one that went through his hands for the tying goal late in at Red Bull arena. That made it three, three. So 3-3. Greg Berhalter shortly thereafter was naming his uh, uh, squad for the June window.
8: I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about basketball now golf and the metronome of your life. Baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: And his goalkeepers for the June window, he did not select Gagas Lonina. He did not select Sean Johnson. And... This he this is some of his introductory remarks on a, a press conference earlier in the week. Uh, no one had even asked a question yet. He wanted to get some of this out of the way, the guys that weren't picked. So here's what he said. In the
6: goalkeeper position, you know, we got some great news today that, that Gaga um, has committed to the United States. Uh, we, we see a very promising future for him with the U.S. men's national team and excited to have him um, committing to us. You know, in terms of his current form, it was hard to put him on the roster due to his current form. And I explained that to him and had a good conversation. But again, excited to have him in. The, I, I think the danger was, and this is just an honest conversation I had with him I said, listen, I can't bring you into this camp because of your form. You know, I just can't do it. We have guys at, at really high levels and, and experienced guys that played for us before, and, and your form hasn't been good enough. And I can understand if you're going to go take a look at Poland because you're disappointed with this and you know it was you know and his response you know was great you know it was you know he understands where he's at he's going to work to get out of where he's at but he said he's still committed to us and that's all you know that's all you could hear you know you, you make relationships with players you, you welcome players into the group guys make them feel welcome and you hope that's enough that in the end of the day they they decide but in gaga's case also you know his heart was telling him where to go and that's you know that's a really important part of the equation And then finally, Sean Johnson, you know, he's been around for almost every camp that we've had so far. Um, He's in in pretty good form with with New York City. He's in good form with New York City. But, um, you know, we wanted to use this opportunity to take a look at um, Zach, Matt, and then Ethan, who will be coming off, hopefully, a promotion to the Premier League. I had some really tough conversations. You know, I had a difficult conversation with Sean Johnson. You know, um, James Sands, you know, was a difficult conversation. Mark McKenzie you know they're not easy conversations to have. They're really not. And you know all I can all I can say is you know I understand where these where the guys are at. I feel for them. And again, you know, this camp isn't determining who's on the team. You know we're going to have much harder conversations in you know and after September.
3: So a lot there. Slanina, real obvious, poor form doesn't get brought in. Uh, and as far as Sean Johnson, you know Sean was very disappointed. No question about it, because he'd been in recent camps. And uh, one more thing to play, and then I want to hear from you guys about all this, because it's it's rather interesting, this goalkeeper position. But in our uh, New York City FC pregame live with myself, Matty Lawrence, I invited Tony Miola in, who does the commentary for the Chicago Fire, so he's got a good look at Slanina. But I uh, wanted to talk to him more specifically, National Soccer Hall of Fame goalkeeper, uh, about Sean Johnson. If I were Sean Johnson,
8: my I would envision myself as one of the three goalkeepers getting on a flight to go to Qatar and doing everything that I can to be one of those guys because the assumption is that two guys in Zach Steffen and Matt Turner are going to Qatar, assuming we don't have any injuries, right? So I can understand him being upset. And if he was mad, what's, what's wrong with, with being mad? You know, it, now that for all of these guys, Glenn, is, how does it fuel you, right? How does it fuel you? I didn't make the 1998 roster, and I thought I should have been part of the 1998 group. Uh, it fueled me to a point that four years later, which was actually eight years after the last World Cup I was in, I went to a World Cup again, um, which, which is pretty unusual when you think about it. You miss yeah. one, not to injury, and then go to another one. So it's a matter of what you do from here. You're not going to camp, but keep yourself ready. Keep playing well. It's a position that's really unsteady right now. We don't. We're kind of, we're kind of juggling balls right now in the goalkeeping position. And I know for most people between two, but Qatar is a long ways away right now. So yeah, of course you're upset, but you got to move on and you got to play well.
3: Yeah, I mean, what an important position on the field. And there's we're juggling balls, uncertain and it's uh it's slightly disconcerting and certainly no fault of greg burhalter you know as far as trying to figure out who's going to play though is 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 really this is the most fascinating part of the world cup for the us to me because you've got these three keepers and if it's those three they're all going to be in the premier league perhaps uh, nottingham forest still has a game to play to see if they can get in and if they stay with their teams they're all going to be backups
4: so that's the thing right ah uh-huh. But if you look at the depth chart, the way that Greg Berhalter has been handling the goalies, I think it's very, very clear what what the pecking order is. And all things being equal, it's Stefan Turner. Um, I just blanked out his name for crying out Hor- loud. Uh, Horvat, Horvath. Horvath. and Johnson. That, that that's the order. I mean, that how and that's how do you? Way-
3: it- How do you see it that clearly? Because I do because
4: that's the way that he's been using the goalies and that any time that he's had an opportunity to play somebody, those are the three guys that he's playing. And I believe he has a preference for Stefan. Uh, He's put him in any time that he's been available. Um, And... You know, but the other guys, every time that they've gotten a shot, have played very well. Horvath, remember, was a winning goalie for the U.S. national team in the Nations League when they beat Mexico and he stopped the penalty kick on Guadalajara. Matt Turner was lights out for most of the Gold Cup, right? Stefan really hasn't been fantastic for the U.S. national team. And we've seen when he's played for Manchester City, because he's rusty, because he doesn't play all the time, that he has a propensity To make a mistake with his feet i mean the last time that he played he was one of the main reasons why man city didn't beat liverpool he had two horrific mistakes in that game so and that was the the fa cup semi-final so i would think that when you look at the u.s goalies i think that they're very very good goalies and i think that they have their weaknesses and their strengths and right now right now greg berhalter has to figure out who is going to be the guy once november rolls around right who's going to be in the best form and uh you know they at that point you know they will have played a little bit so it's not like they haven't so we'll see who's starting i remember turner's going to go to arsenal if he stays there he's probably not going to be starting so the only guy who's really a starter is sean johnson so does that wind up elevating him at the last moment it's going to be Greg Berhalter has a lot of decisions to make but right now on the depth chart Sean Johnson is fourth i understand him being upset you want him to be upset at not playing at not being selected right now you want as tony said absolutely how is this going to fuel you are you going to get depressed about it are you going to go into a funk about it or are you going to show are you going to show Greg Berhalter hey you made a mistake by not picking me and sometimes being rejected is the best feel that you can have.
3: Yeah, it can be. And, John, it's like m- maybe it wasn't Sean Johnson's form per se. It's the fact that he's had such little action. I, I, you know, uh, yesterday he made a, a – I thought his best moment was a, a, that service off that one Shakiri pass to Chris Mueller that set mm-hmm. up the big chance – and he and he palmed it away. It was a low-driven cross, really tough. And that 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 could have been the equalizer. And he did so well with it. But he's really had very little activity, especially the last three games.
5: Yeah, but he's been on the field.
3: <laughs> he's playing regularly, even sure. though you know he's
5: not yeah. being called to action. He is on the field playing with, with his team having minutes under his belt. And there's many many factors on these camps and these call and um you can say, for example, these guys, uh, Stefan and Horba, they're coming from Europe. So if we had them on camp and we had them playing games with the national team, and then we still have Slolina playing with Chicago and Johnson playing with New York City FC, they're still having games at the same time. So it's better than having all of them here while, you know, what about the guys that are coming from Europe and not having games? That could be one chance right? Uh, one element of the decision. The other element is age, of course. Even Maradona was cut off of a World Cup once. So, like, you know, like Tony was saying, it all depends on how he f- pulls you in to get to that challenge and understand. Maybe maybe this is not the World Cup for Zolonina. So what? Maybe he's going to be he's, the yeah, greatest be keeper ready. of oh. the history of the United States in the next cycle, in the next three, four cycles. Maybe the the team gets deeper and deeper in the World Cup with him on goal, right? It doesn't mean anything right now. But, yeah, for the coaches, it's it's hard to decide. They have Listen, we were talking before about Callens, right? There's many factors. One of those periods in which Callens were not being called up and he was playing really good with New York City FC was because Gareca decided that I'm going to call out guys that I can have six days working with me. And New York City FC doesn't let him go before the FIFA period so he's gonna get here with only four days because they have they're gonna release him five days before while he travels we miss him two more days and that's the only reason I'm not calling him and he said it out publicly so the reasons are many right the elements really? are many and and the coaches have to take the decision I don't think it's right or wrong when the coaches take the decisions I think they have to produce results
3: with their decisions Rob Vertugi in the New York City goalkeeper coach, who has worked closely with Sean Johnson now since 2017, uh, I had a long chat with him earlier in the year, uh, which I published. And I thought his comments were interesting on this because I was focusing, I, I was trying to put him in Burhalter's shoes and say, Well, what are you going to do with keepers that aren't playing? And your keeper is Sean Johnson. Doesn't he deserve a shot? And his, uh, his response was interesting because he really, and I, I think he was sincere, he was saying, you know, Zach Steffen is, you know, working against the best players in the world on, on a fairly daily basis. And, yeah, I know he's not in a game, but it's still an experience. It's still an environment. The speed so, of training is too much. It's, it's insane, anyways. Yeah, so right. it's still not games. And I always think would right. need games and – uh, but you know,
4: and, and, and yeah, they yeah. show that. But I mean, look, so would I be shocked if they pick Salonina for the World Cup back in November if he's playing lights out for Chicago again? Uh, you know, just before the you know, they, they select the team and they go and they go off. Um, I wouldn't be shocked, I would be very surprised. I wouldn't be shocked. What I do think will happen is that Solonina is going to be the U20 goalie that is going to be there's going to be given the responsibility to not only qualify for the uh, U20 World Cup but also that is a qualification for the Olympics as well and that you know the US yep. hasn't made it the last 3 cycles so i mean this is going to be a really no, important huge. tournament yep. yeah huge. and so i think that they will give him that responsibility because he there's will be no right away they captain that just because of his experience. That is anywhere near him.
3: My interview with uh, Mikey Varis, the U20 coach, we talked about uh, Slonina, and it was interesting. He said he's never met like a 17 year old like him that is so focused on his nutrition, who meditates, who, uh, who practices, uh, performance breathing. I mean, he like, he's, he's really invested in bettering himself. Better. Mm-hmm. A lot of teens that, you know, especially young teens, they're, uh, they're not normally disciplined enough to, uh, you know, to to consider mental performance and, and the, those kinds of things. Yoga.
4: So I, I, so I am just thinking about the U.S. national team, the U.S. Olympic team from the last cycle. Right. And what happened, you know, that they wound up losing in Guadalajara. And so the guy who comes to mind to me right now is David Ochoa. So I want to ask John because I know that he really focuses a lot on on the rest of the league and not only on New York City. W- what is going on with with David Ochoa? He's lost his starting uh, he's lost his starting gig in Real Salt Lake to McMath. Uh, McMath is playing very well, mind you. But uh, the, everything that I start seeing about Ochoa now is that he's probably on his way out of that team. So what the heck has gone on with him?
5: I mean. Uh- it's a mix of things. He little injuries first, he lost his post. Uh he wants to play in, in Mexico, that's for sure. Uh he's gonna play with the national team at some point. They 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 have him under the radar, he was called out for camp. So everything around that is in and, and affecting him. And I wouldn't be surprised if that um forum that we saw in Slolina lately has something to do with the need of being public with his decision. Uh, um, Poland putting him on the collab, on the roster. He was the fifth Mm -hmm. goalkeeper for the camp. So he need that. I wouldn't be surprised if he feels that pressure and that makes him, even without him, you know, being totally knowing that that is affecting him, affecting him in some way or another, it happens. So I think in the case of Oshawa, all that things is just, you know, it's a mix of things and emotions and movement that uh, it may be affecting him.
3: Well, yeah, maybe just a couple of other things here, guys. Uh, U.S. Open Cup uh, Wednesday, New York City uh, playing host to New England at Belson Stadium, which is on the campus of St. John's University. And the winner of that match meets the winner of uh, the, New- the New York Red Bulls against uh, Charlotte. And that's going to take place at Montclair State University in uh in lovely new jersey. So
4: wait, they don't have their stadium. What do you mean they're not playing in their stadium? Oh my god. What is going on? The Red Bulls not playing in their stadium. So
3: both uh, so both the city and uh, Red Bulls are playing at the on college campuses, you know, where they're where where their two teams play. You know, where the, Mon- uh, the, the Montclair Field is the house that
5: you re and rebuild. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's coming up uh, Wednesday. That was a uh, regular uh, training facility. So Roberto
3: thing. and I are going to go uh, sit in the stands again on Wednesday. We are we are all not right. broadcasting that. We will have the Minnesota game on the weekend. What else did I want to say here? New York City FC2, they won their game over the weekend against the Chicago Fire, 3-0. Luis, oh, Luis Barraza, Andres, Jason, Justin Hack all started. And my favorite moment of the game, Roberto, Luis Barraza doing his uh, – his best imitation of Maxime Cheneau and Sean Johnson all at the same time, and Anton Tinnerholm on the broadcast on Wednesday called it Chanot time. Right near the end of the game, he goes down, takes, gets hurt, has to be stretched. Well, Barraza went down, got stretched, and took his time getting the ball behind the goal. That's the Sean Johnson. He got booked.
4: Yeah. <laughs> well, he did get booked. By the way, it was good for the referee. It was eighty-nine degrees. It's a plastic field, and uh, it wasn't wet down, so it it was hot. He could have actually really cramped. So I mean, maybe it's a coincidence, but I mean, it's understandable under those conditions. Shinoh time that might <laughs> m- might cramp up. Maxime, I love
3: you. I do. I had a great okay. chat with the replay. So I really enjoyed it. And and he know and what Tinnerholm said is well i probably do it, too. You know, it's just like, you know, we've been around. This
4: is what you do. The dark arts. Hey, Everybody
3: knows. And now, so you say it out loud. Who cares?
4: You know, but the thing is, is that referees can put an end to this really, really quickly. Because all he has to do is that the team that's winning, and they're doing this, and all he has to go up to him, he goes, hey, I have no problem with you staying down. For every minute you're down, I'm adding two. So, stay down. I don't care. You you, you can't do that. And then at that point... People stop doing it when it starts affecting their team in a negative way. And you if two isn't that. enough, then you add three. You the can't do that. Has a referee discretion. Does the referee have discretion on time?
5: Yes, but one yeah. for but one for one, not two for one.
4: He because can, do, well, he, he, not, can no. he can tell them anything he wants. No, that's not true. Well, why not? Because the referee that's has discretion true. and he says, This is a way I'm going to punish you. No, well,
3: that's not true. The punishing is I can, well, yeah. Can, I, coming,
5: I I can, can add, I can add um every minute that you waste I'm gonna add it. That's different. That for every minute you waste I'm gonna add two. The biggest. I think he has the,
4: the discretion to do that. Well, okay, but you'll tell you'll tell me I'm wrong. Well, Fine. one of
3: the one of the uh, points of emphasis for uh, pro this year pro referees is to uh, is to bear down on that and start carding people mm-hmm. and. Like Barraza was carded, but that was a pretty long delay. Because what happens is, and, and you know, this is the game, and gamesmanship and all that. But it's it's pretty disturbing because it complete it just it just knocks off the rhythm of the other team, which of course is what you're trying to do. You know, it's like yeah. oh, they're they're coming at us, they're coming at us. Okay, I got a cramp, so now for the next two minutes, uh, they've lost their mojo. So it's all part of the game, I suppose. Lisa, this is these are college campus. Get dogs around. And just get the leash out when you need it. <laughs> hey, uh, we under uh, we think we think that the uh, Belson Stadium uh, field uh, there could be water supplied. We we're not we don't have a we don't have a real definitive understanding of it. Other than it, it may happen. So uh, that was a that will
4: make Ronnie very happy.
3: That was if a that happens, That's going to make Ronnie
4: very very.
5: So if, that, if that happens, we need a video.
4: And we need to a video with the clip. there. So yeah. what
3: happens is, Roberto, well, I don't know what you're going to do, but I'm going to Acquistas, you know, where uh, Carlo Acquista, the Fordham coach, yeah. and the Acquista brothers, who are uh, New York City FCC's and ticket holders. Uh, they own a restaurant a couple of blocks down. Going to go there and eat. Let's get to the stadium in time so that we can film the watering of the field if that does uh, We, we will do
6: that.
4: We will absolutely do that. Also, uh, as you told me it was happening, and I didn't see it, and I kept on looking, and I couldn't find it, uh, is I found it this time. So now on the NYCFC app, which has now been updated, it is new, they've really done a great job on this. So now, just before the game starts, the link for English and Spanish radio up here, right on the app. So you don't have to go to nycfc.com slash radio anymore if you have your phone. Just go download the NYCFC app, and then you have beautiful. your choice of English or Spanish.
3: It's beautiful. So listen to the game. And you got your phone. Listen to the game. You, look, you can handle the 10, 12-second delay. And listen to our commentary because you'll learn things while you're watching the game, man. I, yeah, I We all that did that. Happen. All three of us did that as kids, whatever sport it was. We went to the game with a transistor radio or a radio
4: of some kind, and
3: nowadays it's a phone and an app. So just well, do I was it. playing.
4: And you know, TuneIn has done a really good job with cutting down the time, the delay time. And uh, I mean, we've gotten down. So I was testing it yesterday, and it was like five seconds. So I mean, that that was that that is really really good. So uh, good thing on TuneIn. By the way, we have a dinner date on Friday in Minnesota.
3: Well, I've got another one, so you're gonna have to. I've got to pick oh, well, between fine. two. I'll go without
4: you, then. All right. Well, I'm, we'll I'm talk about it now that you're blowing us off.
3: Well, we'll we'll talk about it. And my final thing I want to say, and I'm I'm hoping this. I I know one thing about this is uh going to happen. I'm going to a uh, a celebration of Syria tomorrow night in the city. Calcio is back. Syria is moving a portion of its headquarters into New York City, and this this dinner celebration is at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. I haven't been there in a long time. So I'm going to go in early, walk around the museum. And if all goes well, I'll be interviewing the following individuals. Alessandro Del Pietro,
4: Christian Pieri. Del Pietro, right. I was like, who's Del Pietro? (laughs) uh,
3: Alessandro Nesta. And Andrea Pirlo. So hopefully... uh, I don't know how all their English is English is and and um, I'm although, waiting all of
5: all of they have their good English. They live in Miami most of the time, except for except for Pirlo. Remember, Nesta and, was getting, gonna... And he will refuse to speak English to you.
3: <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> no, maybe not. Just kidding. Maybe not.
4: Did you talk to me? Did you ever talk, <laughs> talk to, to, Piero. to him? What did I say?
3: Virlo? What did I you say? Said Pietro. El Pietro. Oh, Jesus. OK. I think what that now? was
4: a goalie for the Islanders, by the way. <laughs> um, when Pula was here, did you, did you ever really speak to him? I don't think I ever really spoke to him. I spoke to everybody else. not
3: he, Remember the training facility used to be at the CUNY um, or SUNY, yeah. what, yes. purchase, Suny purchase, purchase. Purchase. Yes. So uh, Sam Cook arranged for me to, to uh, have a sit down with him and you, and because he said he's you know he's ready to, to speak and he understands that you'll edit it and you know all that stuff and it was it was broken very broken English it wasn't particularly um, enthralling the interview but for me just to sit there and ask him about some of those things uh, coming here and, and that sort of thing but he, he didn't have he didn't have a grasp of the language as to where I could really you know he just couldn't elaborate on much so um, that was the and then two other times on the road, just very quick chats, but he just didn't really. English was not his thing. So I don't know if it is. There well, must the have been, he must of, have had
6: to speak
5: a little English. It was, it it was easier than Spanish.
6: Well,
5: he understood the Spanish in reply in Italian.
4: Yeah. yeah. And, and so it's, not that, I, it's not that bad. If he had to explain one of his wines, I'm sure his English got really, really good if he could sell some of them. <laughs> I'm sure it did. Uh, the coolest thing that happened with me with him. Was that uh, I brought Eddie to uh, eight year old Eddie? I brought him to one of the practices, and Pierlo signed one shoe, and David Villa signed the other. And we have them somewhere in a closet.
3: Big time. They should be in a, you should put them in one of those little, those cases. They have those those rectangular cases. Yeah, yeah, I mean, thankfully, it wasn't
4: present day Eddie because the, the size of that case just would have been like floor to ceiling with the size of his feet now.
3: Yeah, Eddie. Uh, I I saw Eddie for the first time in a while uh, yesterday, and he's about seven foot one. I mean, it's unbelievable. <laughs> I don't know what happened. He uh, we used to be eye to eye, but yeah, uh,
4: that yeah that that I, we used to be eye to eye too, and now he reminds me every day that uh, he looks down upon me, and not only physical, I think, but well, hey, just
3: as long just as long as you're seeing eye to eye, you know, and that's the, yeah. yeah yeah. All <laughs> right, guys. Uh, so hey, good stuff um a lot of good stuff a lot of good conversation here i really enjoyed it so uh once again minnesota is the next mls match for new york city fc that's saturday airtime for both uh, roberto and i on the uh, new york city fc network spanish and english is 7:45 eastern yeah i've read that book that's a good one 7:45 eastern for the he's hands and uh andrea pirlo yeah that's a good and that when you read that book, you—it sounds like he's talking, even though it's English. Uh, you know, it's—it's it's got that. It's kind of written as he would speak, of somehow. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Good so writer. Big, big one at Minnesota, and all I can say is, is, if Minnesota lays an egg in this game, I don't know what to think. John, we haven't. I can't. We haven't seen a particularly good opponent yet in all the. Yes, matches. you did. Who? Yes, you did. Galaxy, Seattle. don't say the galaxy. Don't say the galaxy. I said, didn't say
4: galaxy. Seattle.
3: Oh, Seattle.
4: Seattle. That, that was a you regular. That a was not good opponents. Yeah.
3: Yep. It's not, but it was not a regular season match. Sorry, I'm not counting that. Okay.
4: Well, well why not? New York City put on its best team, and so did the Sounders. Absolutely, it counts. They All right, both MLS, to That it was even more important than MLS.
3: That yes. game did not count in my analysis of MLS opponents.
4: It's this an year MLS in the opponent, regular opponent, even though you're playing them in a different tourney. It's an MLS opponent. You gotta be kidding me. You're yeah. asking if they're good teams or no. Yes, that is a really good team. Not only did they, they are beat good New teams. York City. I didn't, they didn't won say they weren't a good team. Pumas. I didn't
3: say they were a good team. I'm talking about the regular season. Name the regular season opponent that is worthy of, of, being you know in some other country at two in the morning and putting the game on because you're gonna be thrilled. Gosh. I hope Hopefully this week. Didn't hope New hope we. I too. hope we see better games along the way. When Starting they are Saturday be... in Minnesota. And Minnesota no, no, is not, not. It's not going to happen in Minnesota. A so we're not going to get any action there either. It's not going to happen in Minnesota. That's for sure. Uh, hey, I'm, guys, thank you so much uh, for John Rojas. He's on the bottom of where I'm looking. Roberto's to my right. I don't know how everybody else is seeing it. And I'm Glenn and. This is Soccer of the City live. Oh, we gave away four tickets. I guess I, I, I should put this up really quick because I, I want you to see this, That we're, this is uh, really happening. These are the previous winners. So, congratulations to them. And today, NYCFC Ist, that's at Twitter, at NYCFC Ist. He's a huge uh, supporter of the club, and he gets four tickets. Uh, correctly answering the question who scored the first game winning goal for New York City in? The Hudson River Derby after four losses. Jack Harrison Jackson. and then David
4: Well, now, now that you've extended it by doing that, I just want to say one last thing, and hopefully it's the last thing, but we'll see. My friend Clemson Smith Muniz, who I do Jets games with, and uh, I've done NFL, and we worked at ESPN a long time. He's uh, from Puerto Rico and Pennsylvania, and he's always told me that this is like the Puerto Rican goodbye, which is longer than the state. <laughs>
3: All right. With that,
2: good night, everybody.
0: Now get 0% APR or up to $1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.
7: We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone.